0: the American people will soon find out if the United States is going to war. Fires are raging across Brazil's Amazon rainforest. At the stroke of midnight, the U.S. hit China with tariffs on $34 billion worth of goods. Hurricane Dorian made landfall with wind speeds of 185 miles per hour. Multiple drones bombed Saudi Arabia's largest oil facilities today. 60,000 people have fled their homes in northeastern Syria. It's like these 500-year floods or 100-year floods. They're happening every other year. Anti-government protesters in Hong Kong have taken to the streets. The magnitude 7.1 quake was felt from Los Angeles all the way to Nevada. It is one of the worst escalations of violence on the Israel-Gaza border in years. The world seems so unstable, so insecure, everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Randy Reams is pastor of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. Join Pastor Randy now as he shares truths from God's unchanging word. Now, Jesus goes into, I'm going to say a monologue. There's no, he he talks, the Nicodemus talks, then he, no, Jesus goes into a sermon. Okay. Truly I say to you, what's interesting that you has now gone Plural. To y'all, to you, all of yous out there. We speak. Did you catch that? He didn't say I speak. He says we speak. Of what we know. Now, what's interesting is there's a Greek word called, pronounced gnosko, all right, that is usually used as the word know. Here is a different word, okay, ido, to know absolutely by hard facts. Now, I I think that's important that Jesus uses that word because isn't that what Nick is coming about? We saw and we believe the hard facts, those signs. Okay, we know and testify. I I, I think we've all seen those courtroom dramas. You put your hand on the Bible. I swear to tell the whole truth nothing but the truth. It's because I'm testifying. Okay, so I testify of what we have seen. Really, what's that? Okay? And you do not accept our testimony regarding what? This new birth that he's talking about. For one, that, that, that's what he's saying. That's the part you're not getting. We speak of what we know. And I'll get more on that in a minute. Okay, particularly the we part. Okay. But y'all out there, now he's moved beyond Nicodemus. He's now turned it to the general audience. He's now preaching to us, preaching to John's audience. You don't believe what I'm telling you, and I'm telling you what we know. We are now speaking, we are speaking of what we know. If I told you earthly things and you did not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Let me know. If I explained to you how gravity works, you wouldn't believe it. If I told you how vast the universe was that I created, these natural things, you wouldn't believe it. If I told you E equals MC2 squared, you wouldn't even understand it. If you hold that to be valid. Okay? If I, if I told you the natural stuff that I know, I'd blow your mind. Then how in the world do you expect to understand the spiritual thing? Okay. First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 and 14. Now I say that slow because a lot of you guys write it down. You gotta tell me I go too fast. So I'll say that again, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom. But in those taught by the Spirit. Combining spiritual thoughts and spiritual words. But contrast. That word but. Okay, often the Greek word die. Okay, but I'm I'm contrasting the spiritual with something else. Now, the spiritual thing we're talking about was taught to us directly by the Spirit. It's not a man thing. But the natural person, the unspiritual person, the person who's not spiritually alive, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Why? For they are foolishness to him. Now watch. He cannot understand it. Notice it doesn't say he will not. He chooses not to understand that. No, no. He cannot he lacks the ability to understand the spiritual thing. Yo, Nick, you're not, you cannot understand what I'm saying. Why is that? Because you're not born again. You can't understand it. Okay? And it goes on to say, because those things are spiritually discerned. Now, if, I want you to imagine Lazarus in the tomb. You walk up the tomb, knock on the tombstone, door, whatever it's there. Yo, Lazarus! And you ask him a question, would he answer? Nope. Because he's dead. If you're spiritually dead, you don't have a spirit alive in you. You cannot understand spiritual things. That's why somebody else who God hasn't made spiritual life opened this book and goes, I don't get it. I understand. It's weird. It's crazy. It's got contradictions. I don't. Yeah. Because it's a spiritual thing. It's the word of God. God is spirit. And you can't... Sorry, you're not going to get it. Nick, you're spiritually dead. You haven't got a new life spiritually. Yeah, you born in your mother's womb. But spiritually, you haven't been born yet, if I could say it like that. You don't get it. And you're not going to. Then he says this, and see what he says. No one has ascended into heaven but he who ascended from heaven, the Son of Man. Look, what we know, we know. We speak of what we know. We testify of what we have seen. Where? In heaven. No one's been up there but the one who's come down, the Son of Man, which we talked about, was it a week ago or two weeks ago? Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. Now remember, if Nick's been watching all this, he's heard Jesus refer to himself that way. So heaven had been the Son, the Son of Man, or Son of God's, home for eternity. That's a really long time, or the absence thereof. Okay? Thus he has, I'll say, considerable experience knowledge of heavenly things. Okay? You don't get it. I'm telling you stuff that I know because I was there with the Father, when the Spirit, when we declared it to be so, when the plan was made to begin with. We were there. We. I'm telling you. I'm telling you from experience. I know, and you won't get it. Now, I'll give you an example of that. How long is eternity? We tend to think linearly because we live in time. But really, eternity is the absence of time. Comprehend that. You cannot. Now, your spirit, if you're a believer, bears witness to that. And you recognize that you'll have eternal life. But I want you to explain that in flesh terms. Good luck. Okay? And now watch. He's been there. Verse 14 and 15. As Moses was lifted up, lifted up the servant in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Now you see the link to John 3.16, right? John 3.16 doesn't stand alone. It links right here to this context. And we'll talk about that next week. Allow me now to take of our passage, like I usually do, some theological implications and then some practical ones as well. Theologically. This new birth, this born again thing, okay. And you have to think if you've been in the United States, you've been born again. Those of us who are old enough, remember Jimmy Carter as president saying he was a born again Christian. Anybody old enough? Okay. And uh, and the younger one's going, Who? Who? (laughs) He was a peanut farmer, became president. All right. Um, During the Iran when they took over the Iranian embassy. Do you know that from your history? There was a movie about that. I'm trying to get across to the younger culture here, and I'm not sure I'm getting there, okay? We call that regeneration. Now, really, why do we call it regeneration? If you're spiritually dead and you're not spiritual, how is it re? Well, it's regeneration in this sense. It brings the believer back to the point where Adam and Eve were before the fall. It regenerates in us, the passe picari, non-passe picari. I'm not breaking all that apart. You need to be here on Wednesday night to learn the Latin, okay? But it it regenerates. It takes man, me and all believers, to regenerate. brings them back to the point, if you can say it like that. I'm being very simple here, before the fall. But it, it all represents that born again, that new life. When Adam sinned, he spiritually died. When I became born again, I'm spiritually alive. Thus, regeneration. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new, and that word stands for brand new, not remodeled, creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. This regeneration, though, is not like Nicodemus was coming, thinking that his piety, his works, okay, was going to get him there. It's not by that. Titus 3 and 5. He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, our good deeds, but according to his mercy, by the washing, water preference, reference, of regeneration, and the renewing by the Holy Spirit. Ooh, there's that water Holy Spirit connection again. Okay, but it's not by works that that's done, not by our righteous deed, but a cleansing and a bringing to life that's done by the Holy Spirit. Even though it's not by works, it does change the way we live. John, 1 John, one and twenty-nine. If you know that He is righteous you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so now, now there, I'm, not, I'm not made righteous or regenerated by the righteous works I do, but once I am born of him, there are righteous works I do. John's point here, and I find it interesting, that's John writing over in 1 John as well, the same one who wrote the gospel we're reading here. John's point is that new birth will respect result in a new pattern or lifestyle of behavior pursuing the things that are right in God's eyes okay that was the first theological point when regeneration comes it's not by righteous works but it manifests in righteous works it shows up Okay, sort of like that wind that you really don't see but you see the results of its work the trees blowing or that cold chill okay like that, you, you, you don't see the Holy Spirit come down and put a new life in a person, but you see its results. And some of y'all aren't going to like this one. I'm just being straight. Okay? The new birth is an irresistible or sovereign work of God. If you determine it, it's not a sovereign work of God. Okay? In First Peter 1 and 3, blessed be the God of our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again. It doesn't say, okay, blessed be the God of our Lord, our Lord Jesus, who according to our belief, our repentance, our confession, our signing a card, our coming to an altar, that caused us to be born again. To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. James 1 and 18. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth, that word is to give birth to, by the word of truth. By the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures, though new creatures in Christ. Faith does not proceed from us. I know there's a movement today. If you do this, you can whip up enough faith and you can tell God what to do. You can whip up enough faith and you get to have your BMW. You can whip up enough... No, 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 no. Faith comes from God. Okay? It is the fruit of regeneration. Now let's go back to Lazarus. Can we do that? Hey, uh, Lazarus, I'm, I'm offering you the opportunity to life. What do you say? And what would Lazarus' response be? He's dead. There's no choice. There's no response. Jesus purposely waits till Lazarus is dead to teach us something about how he works, not to make Mary and Martha worry. Listen to what I said. He commands Lazarus, come forth. Did Lazarus have an option? Nope. He comes out, though, and he's still bound up. And he tells those around him, help him unbound. Yeah, sanctification happens within a body of people that help you get unwound from all that dead clothes. But uh, anyway, okay, we have an idea for some reason God's eternal purpose is contingent on human beings. So there's a pastor here in the valley. I won't mention his name. Radio show. We have a radio show. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. Mankind is sovereign, that's a quote, over their eternal destiny. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you decide where you go, and it's all just you, what you, you've sat there, and you've listened to what he said to Nicodemus, and I decide, you are. But you, you're spiritually dead, the Spirit cannot... Don't know those spiritual things. It lacks the ability. Why? It's dead. So therefore, to have faith and believe and trust, to choose to do so, I must be spiritually alive first. Something called the order salutis. Fancy word, okay, for how this takes place. It's a logical order, not necessarily we think of in chronological and we want to put timetables on it. I cannot choose spiritual things when I'm spiritually dead. Does that make sense? That's Second Corinthians. You can't do that. So therefore, I have to be spiritually ill first. You don't... I know this is hard for you, Nick. But see, the Father and I and the Spirit, when I was up there, we determined this. We know it. I can't wait for the emails on that one. Okay? What regeneration is not? Regeneration is not believing the facts of the Bible. I believe there was a guy named John. I believe there was a Matthew. I believe there was a Noah and the ark. I, b- I believe there was an Adam and Eve. I believe there was a Jesus. I believe he came. I believe he died. I mean, that's not what regeneration is. Even Nick goes, man, we know you from God. So what? Satan knows he's from God. That's why he tempted him. We went through that. Regeneration is not feelings of guilt over our sin. That's not Regeneration. There might be conviction. It is not a voluntary decision or commitment to make better choices. Titus 1 and 16, the first half of it says this, they profess to know God, but their deeds deny it. There's going to be a manifestation of this regeneration, this born again, like there is for the wind. They're going to say they believe it, but the outside doesn't show it. I know you can't judge people. You don't know their heart. Mm-hmm. Okay? Many cling to a false profession, and by it, they fool themselves. I can do it right now. All over America, when we travel in Southeast Asia, when I was down in South America, okay? How do you know you're born again? Because on such and such a date, I went down front and I repeated a prayer. A guide told me, and I signed a card. That's not regeneration. Regeneration doesn't happen because you did. You signed a card and you went up front. No, regeneration can happen when you come down front. I understand that. Okay, Roger Tompkins, who started the seeing the missions thing, we go over to Southeast Asia, he's at a Billy Graham crusade asleep, without his shoes on, okay he, he promised, he, mother and sister made him drive him there, so he's asleep, they tell the story, Janice will still tell the story his wife, John, uh, Roger's now passed away, but he's kicking back with his shoes off, and Billy Graham gives the altar, cue. boom, Roger gets up and heads for the altar, out of a dead sleep, no shoes what? That was a sovereign act of God. Boy, you asleep, but that ain't stopping me. You don't have your shoes on, and you won't even notice. He didn't even realize he didn't have his shoes on until later. And if you want to see what kind of impact that had, go with me to Southeast Asia, and you'll see the impact of that one man's life, that barefooted conversion. And see so you're different. I'll get excited about that. Okay? Regeneration is not an emotional experience. Now, it doesn't mean there might not be emotions at that time. That ain't what I mean. But because you had some emotional experience where you felt the eebie-jeebies, goosebumps, whatever you want to call it, doesn't that doesn't mean that's regeneration either. No, I don't argue that maybe at times when there's regeneration, there is that. But that doesn't, in itself, it isn't. It's not a consequence of baptism. So because you, as a little baby, got put and some water or sprinkled on you or spit on you or however it came on you, that's not regeneration. Just believing in the miracles that Jesus did, including the resurrection, that's a miracle. Did, did Nicodemus believe in the miracles? Uh-huh. And I'm telling you what, when he got out of that grave, Satan did too. Okay? It is not repentance. Regeneration is not repentance. Now, repentance and generation, I say go together, but it's not repentance. It's not just a change of mind, okay? A change of thinking. Now, when you're regenerating, there's a new being, a new spirit in you. Yes, it does change your thinking, okay? But that is not regeneration in itself. On the application side, believing Being religious isn't enough. That's not what does it. I mean, Nicodemus is about as religious as you get. He believed in that Old Testament. He studied it, read it, had to memorize large portions of it. Believed that Jesus was from God. But he wasn't born again. He even called Jesus rabbi and teacher. Wasn't enough. So I'll ask you a question. Are you born again today? Are you born again today? How do you know? Because everything radically changed. My desires I no longer wanted to be what I've always been. I didn't just go down up front, or you didn't, or it's not just going down up front and sign a card, and you go, I'm in, and you go back to doing everything you do. Because when you're born again, you can't. You're miserable. It's awful. You hate it. See, that's one of the ways you know you're born again. You hate your sin as much as God hated your sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Yeah, you do sin. Oh, but God, I hate it. I recognize when I sin, you hung on the cross. For, that breaks my heart. Regeneration is when I do stumble, when I do fall, when I'm born again, I go, God, please never let me do that again. It's not, well, I'm under grace, you see. I went down front. So I'm under grace, I'm not under the law, so I can just keep going. That's not regeneration. That's that's James is all about that. You could say you have regenerational faith, but faith that doesn't manifest on the outside isn't faith at all. It's fake faith. It's dead faith using his terms. It's nothing. Have you been born again? Yeah, but I've been to church all my life and my parents I don't care. Okay, I can put you out here in a hangar in the airport that doesn't make you an airplane Okay, I can put you on the runway and you can stick your arms out all you want you're not an airplane Okay, just because you were raised in it you might know it and you might have John 3.16 memorized that does not make you born again born again is an inward transformation done by God alone via the Holy Spirit and from that day on you can never be the same you can't go back to it. Paul says he was compelled to preach. He compelled. compelled. I was forced to. In what way? What way was he forced? Not like God came in and kicked you. Okay, forced. I can't. It's, it's in me. Are you born again when your neighbors don't even know you are? They're, they're, wait a minute. They can see the wind. They should be able to see it in you. If I went to where you work and asked them, it says, do, do, you, do you think that your name there, are they a born again Christian? A what? Yeah, they go to our church every Sunday. They do. Well, I, I know they went to church, but you know I was raised Catholic too, and I yeah, I know. I know you're looking at me going, "This is church." I know that, but I would suggest to you, by looking just at TV preachers and the audiences they speak to, a lot of people sitting in pews on a Sunday morning are not born again. They make mental assent to the facts they see in Scripture. I see the signs, so that is amazing. Yeah, who could? Yeah, yeah, I believe that. But you know what? I haven't been born again. Have you looked at that cross? Looked at that resurrection? Says it's not about me. I put com- my eternity completely in your hands. Yeah. This isn't about me being motivated enough to stop. Pick your sin. Okay. This isn't like a diet where you just have enough discipline. I I can't do that. Nicodemus lived his life that way. I I stopped trying, and you live in me, and you do the trying in me, in Christ. Are you born again? Please stand. Let's pray. Father, I, I recognize there are Nicodemuses out there, And God, I recognize that it is your Holy Spirit that does the work. I I could never convince one person ever so much so that they would be born again. That is all you. But God, today we know it is your will to transform lives, to regenerate, to draw men and women to you. God, we join with your will and ask you, God, right now, those listening and watching those whether it's by radio or live feed, God, draw, drag those who you have ordained to be born again. God, I thank you that because we pray according to your will, it is done. I thank you, God, for all those that because of what you have done here today, you are making new. To your name belongs all the glory all the praise. Amen. This is Pastor Randy Reams, and I want to thank you for joining us today for Truths from God's Unchanging Word. This broadcast is a ministry outreach of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. And if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety or other messages, just visit kindredbible.org forward slash media. And there you can also subscribe to the podcast. If you're being ministered to by this broadcast, I'd like to ask you to consider financially supporting this ministry. Giving is easy. Just go to kindredbible.org forward slash give. There you can make a one-time gift or you can choose to become a monthly supporter. But if you prefer, you can send your gift to KBC, PO Box 32, Nampa, Idaho, 83653. Your prayers, words of encouragement, and financial support helps ensure that this broadcast will continue to be heard in your region and around the world. Again, I'd like to thank you for listening to Truths from God's Unchanging Word.